You are the salt of the earth. Now young Catholics are playing a unique role in their local parishes and will no doubt play an important role in shaping the future of our church. But here's the thing, as a young Catholic myself, I can't help but notice how many amazing and fruitful resources are out there for people to be able to live out and explore their faith. Yet not many people are aware of them. And even if they are, in some cases, they feel intimidated by them because they may be afraid that if they start getting deep into theology, they'll just get lost and not understand anything. So they just settle for having the same knowledge they had since their first communion class. Now I have personally encountered many people who still have that Sunday school version of catechism, you know, that watered down children's Bible version of catechism. Now I'm willing to bet when I mention that Bible, many of you are picturing that small yellow Bible. You know exactly which one I'm talking about. But many have turned away from the faith completely because the foundation was so weak and easily torn apart as soon as they're challenged in any way, whether it be by another Christian denomination, atheism, or even worse, liberal Christianity. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not judging those kind of people or I'm saying that they're bad in any way. I'm kind of doing the opposite. I want to be able to help those kind of people in any way possible, and so should every Catholic. In the second letter to Timothy, chapter 4, verse 2, St. Paul says that, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Well, how can we learn so that we may preach and be prepared to correct, rebuke, and encourage others? There are Bible studies and other theology programs that are offered in our parishes, and they're amazing and full of great things. But there is still this thirst for more that many of us in the younger generation have. We're so used to clicking a button on our phone and instantly getting the information that we want. So why not let technology be used for good? And why just stop at technology? There are so many resources out there, which is why today I brought Jeff Kassab with me on the show so that we can discuss some of our personal favorite resources that we've enjoyed over the past few years. Now, of course, there are many more that we may not be able to cover on this show or that we may not even know about, but I'm hoping that we can at least give people a place to start from here and find other resources to read, watch, listen in order to get saltier. Huh? See what I did there? Okay, sorry. Let's just move on. Okay, so I have Jeff Kassab with me today. Now, Jeff is a subdeacon at St. Joseph Chaldean Catholic Church in Troy. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in theology from Sacred Heart Major Seminary, and he's currently working on his master's degree. Jeff is the president of the Pastoral Council in St. Joseph, and he's a big part of the marriage prep program at St. Thomas Chaldean Diocese of Detroit. He's the co-founder of Genesis 4-9 Men's Group and is the co-host of the podcast Catholic Avengers. He currently teaches Bible study at ECRC on Thursdays, which can be streamed from the ECRC Facebook and YouTube page. Oh, did I miss anything? Uh, I, I think you got it all, Ennis. All right. So I want to start off by asking you a question. Sure. Me saying all of this and kind of going over what, what you do and your resume, uh, do you think you're better than me? Of course. My resume speaks for itself. Okay. Just uh, just want to know what you feel. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Let's, we can move yeah. on. Yeah. That was, okay. that was the easy question. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of easy yeah. questions after this too. So we're we're just getting started. <laughs> Uh, All right. So, well, Jeff, thanks, thanks for having me on, Ennis. I really oh, absolutely. appreciate it. Man. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Honestly, this is, I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with than you, just because 
over the last, I can't remember how long, you and I, every time we find something new regarding the faith, whether it's an article, a podcast, episode, a YouTube video, whatever it is, we always share it with each other. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I've learned a lot from you, and you've learned a lot from me. You've learned way too much from me, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yep. I I sure have. Oh, yeah. You might as well tell the people, too, like when we usually said uh, videos and stuff to each other, like every day, like what time? Oh, yeah. It's like at six o'clock in the morning because we're both <laughs> we're both awake at like five in the morning. We're both at work. And I'd be like, I'd be like if I see something, I, Ennis is the only one up. So I'm like, man, let me send this to Ennis. You know, he's got to see this or hear this podcast or or read this article. And it's usually when we do all of our most of our talking is before eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 100 you know? percent. And honestly, what better way yeah. than to kind of start off with Jesus that day? Oh, yeah. Amen. So. Today's topic is going to be about where can we go to learn more about our faith so that we can share the faith. And let's kind of put the obvious one on the table, scripture, right? Because if we don't read scripture, then no matter how many books we read, how many podcasts we listen to, how many articles, how many Bible studies we go to, they're going to be kind of meaningless. We're not going to be able to understand what's going on unless we actually read scripture. Definitely. That's 100%. I agree with you there, Ennis. You also, you know, the truths of the Catholic Church are found in scripture. I mean, people will always be like, you know, where does the church get this teaching from? Where does the church get that teaching from? And a lot of people, even Catholics in themselves, will say, well, the church, you know, either made this up or the church doesn't want to go with the times or the church, um, these are traditions of men. Or th- but on the contrary, actually, all the truths of the Catholic church have been revealed to us by God. That's what we call revelation. And where can we find all these truths? It's in scripture. I mean, if you, if you can read John 1.14, right? I mean, it's, it's a famous verse. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Right there, Ennis tells you that Jesus Christ is full of truth. So, and, you know, a lot of people are, I think, are intimidated by, by scripture. And that's because most people don't know how to read scripture. Um, so, you know, in their defense, it, it can be intimidating. But the more you make yourself familiar with it, the more you read it. I mean, it's like a marriage. I mean, you know, a scripture, the Bible is a marriage. It's a marriage between God and his people. How do you get to know the person you're married to? The more you spend time with them, well, like, for example, you and your wife, or me and my wife, um, we just celebrated our 30, uh, 30th anniversary a few days ago. So there's nothing that Ahram does not know about me. I mean, she knows everything. We've been together, spend so much time with each other. And that's how, same thing with scripture. The more you dive into it, the more you read it, the more you'll begin to love it. Wow, this is where the church says this. This is where the church gets confession the Eucharist, purgatory, all these things that we believe in. Yeah, for sure. And even St. Paul, when he was writing to Timothy in his second letter, uh, he's saying that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. So scripture is a huge part of a Christian's life. I can't tell you how many Christians I have you know, spoken to who 
you bring up the Bible to them and they kind of start getting intimidated and like, well, oh, I didn't bring the Bible into this conversation. Why are you bringing the Bible? And it's like, well, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to, that's my foundation. If I yeah. take the Bible away from me, I'm no longer a Christian. I can't practice Christianity without scripture. So it's so important to just not just reading scripture, but knowing scripture. So what tips do you think you have on reading scripture? And I can kind of share mine as well. Sure. The biggest mistake people make is they want to read the Bible, right? What do they do? They open it up. They start with Genesis. All right. So I can tell you right now, if you open, if you've never read the Bible and you start with Genesis, you might get to chapter three and you're done. You're going to, once Cain and Abel arrive after that, you know, you're done. You're going to be lost with names, with regions, with places things you're not going to understand. <clears throat> I don't suggest you read the Bible that way. Second, they'll skip the Old Testament and they'll go right to the New Testament. The first gospel is Matthew. What, what are they, what's the first thing they read in Matthew? Genealogy. The, genealogy, <laughs> the genealogy of Jesus. All right. Names, 14 generations, 14 generations. It's a mess, right? Absolutely, yeah. I don't suggest opening Mark. I don't suggest with Matthew either. I suggest opening scripture sometimes, especially if you get a nice study guide, like the Ignatius uh, Catholic Study Bible that was um, done by Dr. Scott Hahn. You read a part of scripture, there's a lot of, um, on the bottom, there's a lot of footnotes where it tells you that you can go to other places to understand this part of scripture. Um, but definitely, uh, for me, I always tell people to start with the Gospel of Mark. It's only 16 chapters. It's the easiest to read. He's the simplest um, evangelist that you can follow. And honestly, you'll love the Gospel of Mark. From there, you'll be able to explore other parts of the Gospel. When you read part of the Gospel, and Jesus quotes something from the Old Testament, it'll tell you in the footnote, you should go back to the Old Testament. Look at the foot. Look where it's at then you'll start reading things that are around it. So you can't just start from Genesis or from Matthew. I would start at Mark and I would explore from there if you're intimidated by the Bible. That's my suggestion. That's what I suggest to most people. Oh, for sure. And there are a ton of Bible reading plans out there where it kind of breaks it down where you do a chapter of Genesis, a chapter of this, you know, one Psalm, and then maybe a chapter from a prophet, and then a chapter of the New Testament, a chapter of St. Paul. And you can read those probably in about a half hour. So you can spend a half hour a day, and you're going to read a little bit of everything in the Bible. That way you're not, like, kind of like you said, you're not just going book by book from beginning to, to end, because yeah. you'll get lost. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you'll feel like, what am I reading? Why am I reading this? Yeah. And you're just kind of going aimlessly. And it's yeah. really not, the Bible is not meant to be read that way. I, even though it's put together that way, Genesis and, you know, Exodus and all these books in order, it's really not meant to be read that way. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's to get to know God, who God is, you know, who his son is, why he came, what he did for us. Once you understand the basic reasoning behind the Bible, what, what is the purpose of the Bible? What is the purpose of Jesus' mission? You got to focus on a certain part. Once you focus on that part and you've mastered it, you'll be able to continue in the rest of the Bible. It'll make things much easier for you. 
as you are in, as you are continuing this journey with God. But I'll tell you, Ennis, without scripture, I'm lost. I mean, you you just you cannot embrace the faith. Um, you cannot understand truth, and you will be lost in just in life in general. I, people that read scripture, I just have seemed to have so much more of a of a solid foundation. Their life seems to be more smooth. Amen. They're more able to talk. They're able to communicate. They're able to teach. Somebody asks them, hey, hey, why did Jesus come? Bam, they could answer it. You, you ask somebody, why did Jesus come? Like you said, if they don't know the Bible, they're going to try to remember what, what, they, what they got taught in First Communion, which was probably 25 years ago for most people, you know? For uh, most maybe, people, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it's 40 years ago. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, say it. I know you wanted to say it. I was going to say, I mean, you mentioned you were married for 30 years. So, I mean, First Communion probably came at least 10 years before that, too. Yeah, yeah, 1974 or 75, something like that. Wow. Well, yeah, I wasn't even born then, so my parents weren't <laughs> even married then. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, but no, totally, I 100% agree. And um, a lot of times you encounter some Christians who, you know, it's through no fault of their own. It was kind of really just their upbringing or their surrounding. They know, like you said, just the basic stuff about Christianity. They'll tell you, like, yeah, Jesus, Son of God. His mom's name is Mary. He died on the cross. We celebrate Christmas and Easter. Other than that, they don't really know much. Most of that comes because they, they may not read scripture much or they don't yeah, read definitely. scripture at all. And the only scripture they hear is Sunday mass when the priest yeah. is uh, reading from yeah. the gospels. And that's all the scripture they get for a whole entire week. And yeah. it's kind of, it, it is kind of sad, but we have to, as as Christians, we have to encourage our brothers and sisters to read scripture as often as possible. And it's if you came home from work every day and grab a bite to eat and sat in the basement all, all the rest of the day and Melody was upstairs, I mean, how long would, how long would your marriage last? N not long at all. You would not no. know who Melody is. Melody does not know who you are. There's no relationship. There's no communication. It's the same thing with God. If we take that book and it's closed, is sitting on the bookshelf or on our nightstand, never opened, what kind of relationship are you going to have with God? Father Larry Richards says this, he said this a million times. You cannot get to heaven by just going to church once a week. It doesn't cut it. No priest, no bishop, nobody will agree with that. Hey, you, you take they, that they back all, right they now. All, they, all you, agree, they all will agree with that. You take that back right now. There are good people that go to church once a week. I didn't say they're not good people. <laughs> they're great people. But there, there, there's, there's, there's numerous ways to get to know Jesus Christ. The Mass, the Eucharist. But without Scripture, we're just we're empty inside without the Word of God. It's a living. It's alive. It's not something that was just written 2,000 years ago. Why? It's called the living Word of God. The Logos, Jesus Christ, is alive. He's the Word. It's in scripture, man. Let's let's open up them books and 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 especially nowadays with social with with the internet, man. There's no excuse not to have not just one app. There's hundreds of apps, Bible apps, scripture apps, like you said, different plans. There's no excuse not to be able to read the Bible wherever you're on. Oh, oh for on sure. Podcasts, YouTube. Um, I mean, every morning I listen to Father Ray Richards. And he, it's a, only six minutes. He reads Old Testament, um, St. Paul, New Testament. 
and a two-minute homily on it, six minutes, it's awesome. I get to hear scripture every morning. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people treat the Bible as like a collector's item or like a collector's edition. They'll have like three, four, five versions of the Bible sitting on a shelf. And you can tell that the creases aren't even on it because it hasn't been cracked open. It is unfortunate. I will kind of slightly disagree. Maybe that's not how you meant it. But when you said there's a lot of apps and hundreds of apps of the, uh, of the Bible, personally, I only use my Bible app on my phone to look up verses that I need to look up. I don't use it to read. I found that reading scripture from a book is far better just because if you're on your phone and you're reading the Bible and you get a notification that somebody tagged you in a post or sent you a text message, your mind goes somewhere else. Yeah, It's happened to me a it, lot. It ha- it's happened to me way too, too often. So I just stopped you know, reading I, the Bible from, uh, from my phone. I totally agree with you, Ennis, but, and you're right. For me, there's nothing like opening a book. I mean, I just love books. I don't like eBooks. I don't like apps, but if you're on the run, if you're working all day, you don't have a Bible, you're at work, it's lunchtime, you can always open an app, you can read a couple verses from scripture, which I think will at least at least get you to in, in, the, in the habit of reading scripture. But you're right, I agree with you 100%. There's nothing like opening up the Bible, man, and reading it, you're just more focused. Of course I'm right, and of course you agree with me 100%. Okay, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just leave it there, man. <laughs> we'll I don't want to get into all that. Yeah. Actually, I'm a big, big promote, proponent of everybody who owns a car. You should have three things, three important things in your glove compartment: your proof of insurance, your car registration, and your Bible. It should always be in there. You're always then have the Bible with you, no matter where you go, whether you're at work, whether you're, you know, I don't know, stuck in the line of at the secretary of state, uh, eventually in the future, when we go back to being stuck in line as secretary of state, yeah. but that way you can have it anywhere you want. And yeah. instead of, you know, just, you know, standing in line somewhere and you know, you're going to be there for an hour instead of scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, whatever, yeah. just bring down the Bible. And that's actually a you know, conversation I starter. I've, yeah. I've, um, it's happened to me before where I just had those little pocket Bibles. that just has the new Testament. I was opening it and somebody just came up to me and said, Oh, you, you're reading the Bible. That's awesome. I'm like, yeah. And he just introduced himself and said that he was, uh, he goes to a, uh, I don't know, some Protestant church down the street, but we had a, a great conversation and yeah, it's uh, great. A, yeah. Sometimes people will see you with that physical yeah. book because if you're, if you're sitting in a park and you have a phone in your hand, people are going to think you're just wasting your life on social media. You could be reading scripture, but if you actually yeah. have the Bible in your hand, reading it, it could actually be a conversation starter for somebody. Yeah. You know what I do in this? Um, every every Saturday when I get off work, I drive up Woodward. I go to John John B. King Books on uh, on Woodward and like just between eight and nine mile. Bunch of used books. I love that place. So they have a session for Catholicism. Every time, I, every Saturday I go, I pick up all used Bibles, $4, $5. My back seat right now has four or five Bibles in them. Honestly, I give them away. Like if I get it chance if somebody i always give do you have a bible i need a bible i always give them a bible man i give it away they're four or five dollars they're worth every bit and if and if nobody if sometimes i don't give them away i i keep them and but eventually always people asking for bibles and and it's great you know it's i i love that idea 
about keeping Bibles in your car because yeah, I always awesome. have three, four in the car. Yeah. You always have to one up me, huh? I said I had one, you have three or four in your car. Okay, we get it. <laughs> but but it's the truth. <laughs> and the truth shall set you free, my friend. Truth shall set you free, man. All right. <laughs> then you will know the truth, and the truth <laughs> shall set you free, my brother. Amen. Okay. okay. So we got obviously we got the important part, and that's scripture. How else can we learn? I know we discussed podcasts, books, websites. Yeah. So we both actually, this is what I was talking about in the beginning. You and I both kind of listen to the same podcasts. We've been yeah. going on the same websites, reading the same books, kind of. You actually, this is something that I do kind of, I am jealous of you of, is you have more time to read a lot of books than I do. Yeah. And you're always recommending books to me and I buy them and they just sit on my shelf and I eventually get to them. <laughs> well, part of, well, part of me that's able to do that is because I'm in school. Right. So I'm required to do a lot of reading. So I, I, I am, I do have the privilege of being able to read a lot of books, but we'll get to some websites in a minute. Um, we, me and you kind of follow. There's two main websites that I think you'll agree with me. One of them, it's probably the most hardest website to remember. So I, I, I really encourage people right now to write this down, okay? It's very hard to remember. Catholic.com. Wait, so C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C-E.com. Com, C-O-M. That's it? That's it. Wow, okay. This will take, yeah, this will take you to Catholic Answers. One of the greatest gifts that the church has given us is the, the ministry of, this, of, of these people doing these apologists. Anything you want to know, anything about the faith, there's thousands of articles by Jimmy Aiken, by one of your favorites, Trent Horn. Um, great guys on there, man. And if you, anything you're not sure of, you go there, you type it on the search bar, and I promise you, you'll get an answer for any single question you have about the faith. It's an amazing website. I love it. I use it all the time. And I know you do too. Oh, of course. Um, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I was, uh, was going to actually re even recommend if you want to look up the answers a little bit quicker, if you go to Google, you type catholic.com. And they put a space and then ask a question there. That way it just brings up all those articles, like the, the top articles about that topic. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what I've been okay. using. And a lot of times you'll put like catholicanswers.com and then you'll put, oh, I'm sorry, catholic.com. You put a space and then you type, let's say, why does the Catholic church, you know, teach against abortion? Just make something up you'll get articles upon articles upon articles on every topic, whether it's a broad topic, whether it's a very specific topic, you'll get multiple articles on it. And I think videos too, and it's right. Links to videos. You get, yeah, you get also links to videos, links to talks, uh, some audio clips. Um, yeah. You name it. They have, I mean, it's a, a pretty much unlimited resource and I love yeah. that website. I rely on it a lot. It's great. And I think the second website, Ennis will agree with me. Um, we became good friends with a with a man named Dave Armstrong, and he's got a website called Patheos dot com. Yes, P A T H E O S dot com. <clears throat> this guy is the most amazing apologist I've ever ran into. His articles, his writings, 
it takes some time to getting used to follow the way he writes, but uh, he's always on Facebook. He, he posts 10, 15 articles a day on all kinds of things uh, about Sola Scriptura, about, you know, why Protestants say this and why and he refutes different people. And it's great. It's an amazing website. Those are my two top websites. I use them all the time. Yeah, honestly, besides those two, I there isn't that many other websites that I use much. Um, if for, you don't need it, you don't. I don't think you need any other ones. No. pretty much, Ennis. If you, um, if you, yeah, use those. there's there are many Catholic blogs where people come up, you know, and kind of give you their, uh, you know, they share share their experience, their findings, um, and, and things like this. That if you always Google like Catholic and then the topic that you want to look up you'll always get some really good Catholic resources on there. And the reason I say type Catholic first is because a lot of times if you just Google, you know, something randomly about Christians, what you're going to get is either some anti-Catholic or even anti-Christian websites talking about that topic. And you start reading them. And at first you're thinking like they're answering your question, but then they're really not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're saying something that's totally against either scripture, Catholicism, or even Christianity in general. And there's, there's another cool blog. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Journey to Heaven. You ever heard of that blog? Yeah, actually, I have heard of that blog. It's uh, by just wondering by a guy named Jeff Kassab. Oh, See, you, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Look, you have so many things that you do that I forgot it. <laughs> what can oh, I say? Man. What can I say? Yeah. You're, just, you're just better than me. I mean. I said you well, we said that in the beginning. We already established that foundation. And it's, I, I know. Remember. You know, remember. You will know. You will come to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I just want people to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, one of the greatest gifts given to the church is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Yes, that that people find that that's such an underrated book, but it's used a lot by the church, by theologians. It's used by priests. It's used by bishops. And it's used a lot by the faithful. People think that that book is made for priests and bishops so they can, it's actually not. It was written for the faithful so we can understand um, what the teachings of the church are. Every single teaching of the church is in the catechism of the Catholic church or otherwise known as the CCC, right? Yeah. So, so how when, would, uh, maybe you could tell people how to use it. And it's like, yes. what are the paragraphs, the numbers and all that? Right. So a lot of times you'll read an article or you come across, uh, you know, a, a post or somebody will say the Catechism of Catholic Church or CCC 489 will say this. So the way it is, the way the CCC is broken down is that each paragraph is broken down by a number. It starts from number one and it goes up to number like 8,000 something. So there's lots of paragraphs. So if I were to tell you, go to CCC 482, just made up a number, um, that number goes in order. So it's in sequential order. So you can always flip to CCC 482 or whatever number is given. And, and you can see what the teaching is. Now, Jeff, going back to kind of what you said, it's a book. It's not meant to be read like a book. So it's not one of those things where like, let me just pick it up and read it from cover to cover. That's not what it's meant to do. You will it's just... A re, it's a resource book. It's Yeah, it's a, exactly. So it's it's meant for you to go and uh, just look at what the church... What does the church teach about something? What I find interesting is... And Jeff, you've came across this. We both have a lot yeah. together, actually, even. Is a lot of people will misunderstand or 
twist the truth of what the church teaches, they'll yeah. accuse the church of teaching something. For example, they'll say, Catholics worship Mary. Well, the CCC is free online. If you just go look at what the church teaches on Mary, on a free resource that anybody can use, you'll know that the church doesn't teach that. So what I find funny is a lot of people will accuse a church of teaching something without even looking it up. And the best way for anybody to look up anything that the church teaches is just go to the CCC. Yeah. So um, again, it's, it's a great gift to the church and um, it just, it has, it's, it's divided into four sections and um, it, it, it talks about prayer. It talks about mortal sins. It talks about who Jesus Christ is, about who God is, about, uh, for example, Ennis mentioned CCC 482. 482 says, Christ being true God and true man has a human intellect and a human will, perfectly attuned and subject to his divine intellect and his divine will. So that, that one paragraph there is telling us that he is true God and true man. I mean, that is like you just picked a paragraph, Ennis, that is telling us who Jesus Christ is. He's true God and true man. If you're not sure if he's God or you're not sure if he's man, well, go to CCC 482. Wow. Simple, right? Yeah, that was simple. All right, CCC 2285. Go. Let's look it up. CCC 2285. 2285. By the way, what are you using (sighs) on your computer? Okay, so here's another great resource. Now, this one is not free, um, but I, I, I invested in it because I use it a lot for my talks and for school and for papers I write. So this is a, um, a program called Verbum. And, um, you know, you can spend anywhere from $200 to a basic package up to $3,000 that has thousands of books in it. So that's the resource I use because it has a lot of Bibles in it, uh, has a, the catechism, it has um, over a thousand books. It just has, a for me, um, it, just because of what I do, because of school and everything I do, it was worth the investment for me. Um, some people will go with the, the simple basic pass package, maybe $200, but man, it's a great resource. So it's very simple. I just typed in CCC 2285. Scandal takes a particular gravity by reason of authority. For those who cause it, it or weakens of those who are scandalized. It prompted our Lord to utter these words. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be ground to the depth of the sea. That's how serious scandals are in the church, especially if you're one of those people that caused the scandal. Wow. 2285. That's right. And speaking of that, the reason why we should learn about our faith is so that we don't cause scandals. Because, I mean, growing up when I didn't know much of anything besides my, you know, what I learned in communion class and maybe the two Bible studies that I went to, I can't tell you how many things I had gotten wrong about the church, about the teaching, about scripture. And I would tell it to my friends with such authority, like I knew it. Like looking back at it, those people could have taken what I said at face value and just totally believed it and then went and spread it around. And there's nothing I could do to take it back now. But that's why it's so important to learn things about the church. And one advice I can give to, uh, to everybody listening is when you do go into this mode where you just want to learn about your faith and start reading scripture more, start reading some books, focus on one area of 
Catholicism at a time. So don't try to tackle everything at once. You're just going to get overwhelmed and you're going to get so much information in your head. You're not going to remember anything. So the best thing to do is take something you're passionate about, start there. And once you, you know, exhausted the resources that all you can, then you can move on to something else. That way, That's great advice. Least, great advice, Ennis. Yeah, that way at least you're doing you know one little portion at a time, and once it's once it's instilled in your head and you know it well, then you can move on to the next uh, the next thing. And Ennis, something to add to that is that there's nothing wrong if somebody asks you a question and you don't know the answer. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't know the answer to that. I'll get back with you. You are much better off saying that than saying the wrong answer and teaching that person, maybe not purposely, but, but you don't want to make yourself look bad or, oh, I'm a Catholic. I don't know the answer. I look, I've, there's answers, a lot of answers I don't know. People ask in Bible study, if I don't know it, next week, you guys, I'll have an answer for you. And I was just going to say. I do that all the time. I was just going to say, if you tell somebody, hey, I don't know the answer, but I'll get back to you, you make sure you get back to them. Because two things will happen. One, it's going to force you to learn something new, which is great, which is the whole point of you telling them, I don't know, being honest. And number two, they'll take you seriously. They'll say, wow, this guy actually didn't know. He took the time to go learn it and then come back to me. They'll appreciate you more. They'll appreciate, you know, just the word of God a lot more as well. Yeah, that, that, that's great. And again, we're, we're sometimes as humans, we don't want our, you know, we don't want to kind of look embarrassed or we don't want to, you know, humble ourselves and say that we're always like, Oh, I'm a proud Catholic. I know the answer to this, but we have to be very careful. You could, especially if, you know, maybe a non-Catholic maybe wants to become Catholic. You never know. And you might give them a wrong answer or a wrong teaching or, or a Catholic that's trying to search out his faith more. So if you're not sure, it's very, very important. I know Ennis and I all the time, we're always getting people texting us, especially like in our group chats. Hey guys, is this the right teaching? Hey guys, you know, is this what we should say? You know, where can we find the answer to this? So um, I, I think there's, I think that's just the best way to approach uh, a question that you're not sure of. Always say, I'll get back with you and get back with them. That's, that's great advice, Ennis. All right, Jeff. So before we end this, uh, why don't you give me a pinch of salt? Sure. So a pinch of salt. Um, I would... First of all, I would familiarize myself with scripture. I would get to know um, catechism of the Catholic Church. I would use the resources that were given to us in this podcast. Most importantly, though, I like what you said. I would focus on a certain part. Some people are very passionate about uh, pro-life. You know, focus on one thing. Some people want to know a lot about purgatory. Some people want to know a lot about Mary. Focus on something that you are good at. Don't worry about what everybody else knows or don't worry about how much, how much knowledge this guy has and this guy has. Pick a certain part of the faith, become an expert in it, or get to know as much as you can about it. Take that aspect of the faith and go and preach. And that learning that aspect of the faith will open up so many other doors for you to be able to go out and evangelize. Remember, all of us as baptized Catholics, Jesus gave not only a mission to the 12, but in Matthew 28, 16, Jesus gave the mission to all of us. Go 
therefore, and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teach everything that you have observed from me. Go to all nations. My brother Ennis, that's our job, to go to all nations, to all people, whether they're Catholic, whether they're Gentiles, whether they're Protestant, whether they're Jewish, Muslim. It's our job to preach the gospel and to preach Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen, my brother. Well, Amen. Jeff, listen, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun, and hopefully we'll do this again. God willing. Thank you so much, and we'll see thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll have you on next time uh, for another topic. And for all those listening, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.